Welcome to the show, everyone. This is a light and shadow of coaching in and beyond organizations production, a documentary that was made to fund social impact through coaching for women in Kenya and which has been ICF accredited with 10 CCEUs and recently has won the Ellen Shoup Coaching for Social Good Honorable Mention Award from Institute of Coaching, a Harvard Medical School affiliate based in Boston. And this is only possible because of how all contributors had faith in the documentary bringing about the change in others' life by creating ripple effects of growth, change, and development. We believe that not everyone may need coaching, but that everyone deserves coaching and that coaching needs to be democratized to reach levels of humans who are in less privileged parts of the world. Today's episode, the second installment of conversations with coaches, leaders, educators who either donated to support coach training for women in Kenya or made an interview contribution to the documentary or sponsored the Social Impact Initiative or actually do it all. And they all have two things in common. They share their passion for social impact through coaching and love taking a holistic view at coaching from the light and the shadow side of our practice. The goal of this series is to give you an intimate peek behind the curtains. What is social impact through coaching for our guests? And why does social impact matter for these coaches, leaders and educators? You'll take a look at the messy ingredients that go into a successful coaching career that combines both the light and the shadow side of coaching and how these two sides benefit our coaching practice. I'm your host, Tunde Erdős, and if you wish to ask a question, make a comment or recommend a guest, I invite you to send me an email at podcast at coachingdocu.com. Well, I'm here with Michael Tichelmann, who, technically speaking, produced the documentary. He's based in Austria, just the way that I am, and who I wish to have with me here as he will have insights into the nitty-gritty details of creating coherent stories without which learning wouldn't be possible. Hi, Michael. Hi, Tunde. And of course, my guest today is Carla Janssen van Rosendahl. I feel deeply grateful to you for coming on this show today. And I mean it because there is something unique about how we met and how I fell in love with how you are being you. And it was through your working with energy when I was doing my research and motion energy in my PhD, I felt connected. And thank you for having welcomed me to your world the way you did and how you are here today, also as a team member on the documentary. So welcome, Carla. It's great to be here. And I am very grateful that I can be with you on this show. So I really want to thank you for that. Proud. Yes, well, you're, I love it that you're saying it because you you were sensitizing me today to this thing like, come on to the, let this pride come in because I was so reticent about uh, letting pride in and I, and I like how you are standing up to it. Uh, great to see that, Carla. Great to see Thank that. Thank you. And there's also something that you are saying on your website that I also wish to share here with people, but really resonates strongly with me. And I would like to read out this these few lines on your website where you say, I want to contribute to a more positive energy in the world. I want to achieve this by inspiring at least a million people worldwide to discover their own voice in their heart and to make their mindset and behavior more positive. 
that's truly touching. What would you say? What made you say this on your website, Carla? Because the heart is for me, if if we are connected to our heart, we are connected to the world, to the universe, to other people, to to have an impact on other people. That's how we can make an impact on other people. And there are so many people around in this world that do not have the opportunity themselves, either because they can't pay it or they live in a place where it's not available, to help these people out, to have that possibility as well, to connect to the heart, to be able to feel relaxed, to increase their power, their belief. And with that, I mean, if we empower others, they can empower others again. And so that's the ripple effect. And that's how I just, I mean, it's not that me, myself, has to go to a million people, but the ripple effect. If I can inspire some people, they can inspire more people. So and that's that's my main goal, to go for that and increase the frequency, the energy of love, mm-hmm. and with that, increase the frequency and energy in the whole world. Oh, it's so beautiful. So I, I really wanted to make a point of sharing this here so that people can hear it. And you can also give voice to this, the how and the what behind, behind of this. So yes. thank you, Carla. Uh, well, so where I would like to pick up today on this installment is the first question that I would have to you is what prompted you to say yes to coming on the team in the documentary? And where are you with being on board today? Well, the first thing, of course, well, not of course, for me, it was, of course, was the women in Kenya that you got inspired to do all this also make um, possible for these women to educate and to empower them social impact. I mean, that is for me, it was what I wrote on my website, what I just told you about. That was my first connection. And for me, it was like one on one is two, like connect and help out. Mm. So contribute to the whole documentary. And uh, well, this was a way I could do that. And it's also interesting, right? How while you're saying on your website, so you want to give that the people can give their voice. I'm going back now to the lines to to discover their own voice and in their heart, you're saying. And it's it's so funny because when you came on the team, you said, okay, you, you were happy to do the synchronization version of some of the parts. So there's a French lady who is speaking as well, and you're giving, you're lending your voice to her, right? Yeah. How is it for you to hear your own voice in what, in somebody else's content? How was that for you when you were listening to that, to that piece? Do you remember? It was fun. It was really fun. And for me, I I wanted to figure out what she's all saying first, because I'm not speaking French. And luckily, you you had written me or given me the written uh, explanation of that. And I wanted to feel what was going on, what she wanted to say. And that made me more of connect more with the whole thing, with with the, the subject, with the document documentary, with the part of coaching, it made me think more about it, and then hear my voice back. I don't know. It was funny. It, it was also like, wow, I did that. Yeah, again, I was proud of myself, and not not proud in the like woo way, but proud that 
I could I did contribute that I yeah from yeah. the editor's point of view I must say it was really easy to integrate your voice because you were really in sync so thank you for thank that you. thank <laughs> you I didn't know that <laughs> nice to hear back yeah because I I could feel what she was talking about and so I, and I think when you're connected to what you talk about that is where that, that comes out in energy. I would like to stay with this, uh, with, with giving the discovering the voice in the heart, because it seems to be something that matters to you in your work that you do. Uh, yeah. Would you be happy to just, that we stay a little bit before we jump into the documentary to tell us, everybody, us, me too, as well as the audience out there, what is this discovering our own voice in our heart? Do well, you... you know, I think when we are born, we are pure. And when we grow up, we have all these other beliefs, all these social impact from parents, uh, teachers, well, everybody around us. And we are getting more and more disconnected from our own heart, who we really, really are. And with that, we lose our voice, not literally, but figuratively. We are not speaking up for ourselves anymore. We are speaking from what we learned, what we see, everything. And when we get back into the connection with our own heart, we can speak from our own heart. And that's where we gain back our voice from who we are with our opinion, our feeling, our emotion, our connection. And I think it's very, very important to find our own voice again and be proud. Of, I keep coming back on that word. I'm sorry to but be <laughs> proud again of who we are and not about what other people say we need to be. And so. you, you also have, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you um, you have a specific approach to this, the, the frequency of the heart and, and, and measuring, right? The, yes. the frequency of the heart. Would you be happy to say just a few words about like how it works? Yeah, it's about heart coherence from the HeartMap Institute in California. They did 30 years of research about the heart, the connection between the heart rhythm and what else is all working in your body. Most people know that the brain is actually arranging everything in the body, but almost nobody knows that the heart actually tells the brain first via several ways that it has to put the body into a stress reaction or a relaxed reaction. And by doing heart coherence, which is visible, you can, you can you have a sensor and it measures the balance in your heart rhythm. And you can really see, is there stress in my heart rhythm? So I know when there's stress, what else is all happening in my body? And when there's relaxation, then other things happen in your body. And it has a lot to do when we are in sync, because that's why I talk about energy and frequency. If we have a nicely balanced heart rhythm, we are in sync with the earth frequency. It's at 0.1 hertz. And when we are that, everything in our body starts to balance. And the nice thing is that we talk a lot about positive thoughts. We you have, need to have positive thoughts. Most people don't. They don't have it. And they, they're really eager to have these positive thoughts. And they think they have to work really, really hard for that. Mm. What they found out when we are in sync with this 0.1 hertz, that 
our thoughts are more positive by itself already. Mm. And that is where we also connect to who we are with our heart. Because in stress, we go to these negative beliefs mm. really easy. It goes, we have this amygdala and, and everything that we, be, all our belief system is in there and our automatic reactions. But if we are in sync, we are not going that quickly to all those negative old beliefs that are really not useful and not helpful at all. So it makes it a lot easier to to have people thinking more positive mm. besides so many other uh, and it's, effects. It's fascinating. But... Yeah, it's fascinating that you're saying that because, I mean, that, that you're saying so few people know, right? But actually, we do know. We We know that there is a lot of nerves in the heart. It's a lot of nerves in the guts. I mean, there is a 7,000 billion nerves, more nerves in the guts than in the brain. But still, yep. we want to occupy ourselves with this part of ourselves rather than more go here, which is the powerhouse. I'm yeah. hearing you say this is actually... And, and medicine knows that when people, um, when the heart stops, everything stops. But when the brain stops, the, the heart is still beating. It will continue yeah. beating. Yep. But we're still giving the, the, the brain more priority than the heart, although it is having yep. the precedence over the brain. Yeah, that happened in the 17th century, that switch. Before the 17th century, it was more the heart that got the biggest place. And that's why they figured out that the brain is doing a lot for the body. Mm. And then the heart was kind of pushed away. But now we are in the era that it's slowly coming back, that the heart is getting a bigger place again. So we just have to keep going and believing that we get there and get it more out there, that the heart is the core. I mean, the heart is there when you when you are made and, and there there's a heart first before yeah. there is a brain. Yes. So it, exactly. it's completely on itself, the heart. And that's why the heart can keep going, even though the brain is, like they literally say, literally, the brain is dead. Yeah, I think today there are a lot of uh, fitness trackers coming on the market where you can track your heart rate and all kind of different metrics about your body. So I think it, in general, the, the fitness movement and so on brings back kind of, we have to look into not only the brain but our body and on the other hand it's a really uh, a drive to optimize oneself yeah. not only to thinking or learning but also to through the body and uh, training and so on very important yeah like yeah. like you said that and it's a very important development and it's it's getting more and more out in the world that the heart takes a lot more important place in than the, what people thought yeah. yeah, yeah, no, beautiful. Yeah, and it's, I think, interesting. It's if you look back, it's already started this movement, I think, coming from Asia with uh, like yoga or uh, Tai Chi or so on. They are breathing and the heart rhythm, I think, they survived in this kind of traditions. Yes, mm. yes, and I love that. And I love the research from HeartMath, and I don't know if you knew that, but they yeah. actually have like several places around the world where they are measuring frequencies. And they found out if, if they have like global meditations that we literally, with so much people meditating, doing heart coherence 
at the same time, mm-hmm. that the frequency literally goes up. Mm-hmm. So we do have the influence to change energy in the world and with that to change people. And I know it's not going to be from today to tomorrow, but we do have that power. So stay into a peaceful state yeah. and, and send out what you want to send out to make this a better, uh, relaxed, more positive world. Before we really go to the documentary, because it's such a beautiful uh, topic for me, it's so inspiring to speak about it because I I so much believe in this, the, the power of the heart without which nothing is possible that I could talk and on and on and with you. And, yeah. and I still feel like I have a question about it. Do you think you could, would you have a story, uh, an example to share that you work with a client to exemplify you know, something that happened when working with the people on, on their heart frequency or working through heart math with them? Somebody comes to mind that it, it was a lady. She was already for eight years into a burnout and she was totally disconnected from basically herself. And she only could be at negative thoughts and uh, she had a lot of complaints physically and had a hard connection. I mean, she had a, a very great marriage and kids, but she could feel that the connection wasn't really there like she wanted it to be. And she was so motivated to do this hard coherence. And even though, because she was such a long time in a burnout already, I told her it's going to be for a while. I mean, she she did change a lot of things. We worked on our beliefs, etc. And But she kept going for it. And then suddenly after a couple of months, and it took her a couple of months, but she was dedicated and she kept doing it. And then suddenly we had this turnaround and that's where she emotionally also got connected. And I could see her and she felt it like softness was there. And it really influenced her relationships with her kids, with her husband. She she became more strong to say no because she had a family that connection wasn't really good but they influenced her a lot and she didn't dare to say no to that so she stepped up and and said no and started her own life actually and she was so happy with that because she got connected with herself her power her love and in a relaxed way so she really could get in, get in touch with herself but also the people around her and she became a coach oh she became a coach and and I just wanted to say like look and look at this because um how working on this connectedness to the heart is you said like softness but at the same time strong right so the heart is soft and strong at the same time yes in a beautiful balanced way that um and we don't need a lot more actually when when the heart is and 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 uh, th- that's at least how it sounds to me. Uh, what you're saying, the story that you're telling. Yeah, yep. that's how I look at it. Yes, we are powerful when we're soft. That's how I look at it. Ah, beautiful. It's also now that I was speaking about soft and strong. I picked it up somehow. I don't know. It resonated with me. And then they, we also have in the documentaries this light and shadow. You know, two two opposite sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Although soft and strong doesn't need to be an opposite. It's not not an opposite per se. But there is something around two sides of a coin, so to speak. If you think back to what you watched 
in the three parts of the documentary. And what is for you a moment about light and dark, uh, light and shadow, where you thought, okay, this is really important for us to, to know about? What struck you as important? For me, and it, it, I think it struck me because that's what I already feel for years, and I was so glad it came out in the documentary, is the fact that a lot of coaches are not a coach. They might have a paper, they might have done uh, an education, but they're not connected. And I don't know who it's who said that again, but it's about who are you really? Are you in that connection? Yes or no? Because a lot of people who are not a real coach, even if they did education, a lot of people don't even have the education. And I think that that's very wrong because there's a lot important to learn as a coach before you go into coaching. But it's a, the, I don't know if you know, well, I guess you know that the transference and the counter-transference. And people that are not the real coach, they have a lot of problems with transference and counter-transference. And that's where we're talking about where, where you actually work your own problems through your client. Yeah. And that, I, that strikes me the most. And that's why I keep going. Every time I speak to a coach, you say, oh, I had that experience and I made it into a coach practice. And I'm kind of like, okay, but that's your that's your, your counter-transference. Yes, that's your, your thing. And maybe we yeah. can say a few words about transference and counter-transference to those who might not be familiar with this because uh, a lot uh, of people... Yes, please. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> because, <laughs> because what, um, like, we have viewers from leadership, HR, and they might not be familiar with this um, jargon. I can how tell you a very nice example how which shows an example for that. That was when I was doing my education, not as a coach, but as a therapist, bioenergetic therapist. And that's where we work with the body. And we had, uh, of course, you work uh, with your co-students. And we had a one moment that one of us was the therapist and the other one was client. And the client was laying down. And in body work, you watch what's going on. And the client had the hands here at the throat. And said like, oh, I'm almost choking and it has to do with my throat. And then the therapist said, no, it's about your heart. And he kept going onto the heart problem. But that was not at all. The, uh, the therapist, he had heart issues with the heart, with connection and love and things like that. So his issue was put on the client although the client had no heart issue at all. Yes. See, right. and that's that's where he puts, because he didn't, of course, he learned from that, luckily. That's why you're doing an education. Uh, so I never, that was such a great example how we can do wrong with our clients that we are putting our problem as being their problem and then find sort of solution. But it's not from your client. Yeah. So you're giving the wrong solution. Yes. And also it's not helpful. I'm I'm happy to add another example from a different perspective also. Like for example, when when somebody's coming in, like a client is coming in and is probably insecure about something. And when the coach responds with cautiousness to that, 
So it's not able to pick it up as just insecurity, but believe it's 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 a response, is is an inherent response from the past, from earlier attachments in and relationships where yeah. the the young the young child and became coach is has learned to be cautious when somebody else feels insecure not to hurt or to be very cautious when actually, and that's the counter transference bit. So the client is bringing the insecurity as a transference, also transferring something from her past into the coaching room. And then in response to that, the coach is responding with cautiousness when, which is her, her problem, her, her issue around herself and, and how she's responding to insecurity. And rather than pick it up as, Oh, insecurity is in the room. What is that about? Yeah. So yeah. automatically turning on the, the counter trend, what we call counter transference uh, pattern. Yes. And I think there's a lot of coaching where that happens. I, I hear that a lot happening. I see it happening. And I think with the right education, you can make sure you are not doing that because it really can harm your client. And then the question, the next question is, what is the right education? Because in the documentary, Carla, we're also talking about, I think, a few times about, uh, I think there is, a, in, in the third part, if I'm not mistaken, we are talking about uh, development, the light and the shadow sides of development. What is it that you picked up? What was the most significant thing that you picked up about the coach development with this? this what is the right, where are we with, with developing coaches right now uh, in, in our 21st century, 2023, 20, 20, so to speak. Yeah, what I really love that I picked really well is the amount of people and, and at high level and having influence uh, like the ICF and, and you know, to, to really go for worldwide, make sure that we have a good education, that it's available and that people know about it. And what I really would wish with that is that globally we get these rules on it that we are, or I can get to the, the English word, recognized as a educational work. <laughs> Not, mm -hmm. uh, educational work, yeah. Okay, yes, it's educational work, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, and, and more, more and more people were talking about that. So I was really happy with that to hear that. I didn't know it was at such a high level that they're really fighting for that to get recognition and uh, put rules on that. And instead of, because uh, I know there are coaching educations, they call it coaching education, but they learn a certain program, mm. but they learn nothing about coaching. Mm. I've done one of those. And I was really surprised. And I told them like, wait a minute, you call these people now coach, even they don't have a coach education, you're doing nothing about coaching. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot. There are a lot of educations out there. So I think we need to have really rules on that. And and yeah, they really got into there with uh, in, in the documentary about that, that mm -hmm. we need the rules. And I'm, I'm Michael, can I ask you about, because you have a coach yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. What is it that you... I mean, I don't know what what level of information you have about that coach's education. Do you as a client ever wonder who is what is the level of education that the person is now here and trying to guide me or accompany me on my developmental journey or something? What is the level of thought that you put into this? Um, I think as a client speaking, it's very hard to 
know what kind of education for a coach has or how this compares to another coach if it's not uh, certified because you have like very different professions or fields calling themselves coach and as a client it's really hard to know if someone is certified or what does this even mean if we compare this to going to the doctor uh, you know that there are certain professions and a medical board and you can practice if you don't have a certification or some kind of education and this also as a client gives you the confidence in the in the doctor or in the coach and on the other hand uh, you would or at least i would then be more willing to pay more or go a, far, a further distance because this coach or doctor would better uh, suit my needs mm. and 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 in your in your own work with 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 your own coach so you 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 don't know which level of education the coach has really so what sort of certification she has or he has i don't know if it's a male or female person uh, no but i don't think that's really uh, advertised or i don't think clients would know to look for that to be honest so and how can you trust then how can you trust that, that you're trusting somebody to guide well, it's you? it's on a interpersonal level i would say so in the first meeting you always uh, are talking what would you like to do who are you what's what sort of uh, needs do you want to talk about and i think that's the only kind of confidence builder or if <laughs> if you don't know what you're looking for even if there's certain certification i wouldn't know what what the, does it mean for, for a doctor i would know this is for the heart for the lung but for coaching even if there's a certain program or saying certified as a special coach uh, i as a client wouldn't really know what does this mean so even in the beginning it's uh, about having global standard as carla said Uh, but also building and educating the public on what's mm -hmm. coaching, what kind of programs are there, what do you have to look for? Because I think coaching starts to be used as a generic term almost today. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you, is there something that comes up for you in response to what Michael was saying? Yeah, and, and that also was in the documentary that a good coach is actually bringing the power from the client back up and the, the self-sustainability, the self-worth, etc. And it's, it's about learning, teaching, whatever you want to call it, the client to dissolve his or her own problems in the future. And what I see over here a lot, I, I get so many people that say like, Well, I had so many years of coaching or therapy and things like that. And I, I had, so, I have all the insights. And I always ask like, okay, it's great to have all these insights, but what did they teach you to do with it? <laughs> How did you integrate that into your life? Because that's where the change is happening. And that doesn't happen a lot of times. Yeah. So that is what we need in coaches. Now, that's what we need written down, that we get these clients not only insights, but their power back, their 
their knowledge back. They know, I mean, everybody knows, and that's been said as well. Everybody knows inside everything. We know how to deal with life. We know how to deal with ourselves, with problems, with everything. It's just a lot of crap put on there, belief systems, etc., cetera, uh, experiences that it's all, it's, it's underneath there. And we can't grab it no more, that power and that connection with ourselves to find solutions. So in education, we really need to have written down, have, have like, I don't know, it has to be on your diploma or certification that you know how to get that back. So the client can take over his or her own life again and do it by his or herself mm. the rest of his life. Yeah. So what I'm hearing actually when, when we come back uh, to the light and the shadow side of education, it's it doesn't it's not enough to have a certification because it's it can it can say everything or nothing, right? As Michael yes. was saying it, to to the client, the certification, no matter how high or 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 hailed as super, the client can't work with it. It's not tangible. What to do? With it. So basically, the 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 light and the shadow side is then on one hand to communicate, as Michael was saying, communicate with the public or or maybe educate the client even before. To, to speak about uh, stuff like this, to, to address like, what is the worth of the education? What education, why it's important, to what extent it's not important? Where's the limits of a certification when it comes to real yeah. learning and developmental uh, uh, path? So to, to have an educational dialogue with a client about this um, and that also that certificates can be worth nothing, not, not even the, the paper that they are, they are printed on. So to, to, to be discerning around this, because there's a big hype about certification today, while on the one hand, a lot of coaches are not certified at all and claim that they can coach just as well as a certified coach. Yes. Um, and it's true. Huh? I have seen coaches do work, beautiful work, and they were not certified at all. They had no idea about coaching psychology. They had no idea about anything. They were just somehow tuned in, did, did a beautiful piece of work. And so it it, it, it it creates a little bit of questioning in ourselves, right? So are we running for the big hype because just because I'm certified, um, I am worth it? Am I really doing the work that needs to be done, as you said, Carla, that, that the people can yeah. really make the transformation and have the power to transform the learning, the insights into doing or what, right? So it's... Um, yeah, I think that's that's the most important part that we transform. That well, basically that that we give everything to the the client so they can transform themselves. Yeah, I mean we we are not doing it. We we are just giving some some roads to go, some tips to use things like that so they can do it themselves. I I cannot change anybody. I can't, but I can help them find their own power, their own knowledge to change themselves. Yeah, yeah in, and uh, speaking as a client, I think for coaching, uh, one problem I see is that some people don't or want to disclose they have coaching or who they are going to. And I think this is the most important way as for another client to learn about the coach to hear from someone who is in coaching or has worked with that coach. But some parts of uh, the world, uh, even I think in, in Europe, 
it is still kind in some respect. It's not uh, so easy to say I'm having a problem or I seeing someone. And once again, I think that has to be uh, changing people's minds uh, to speak about that in general has to be done through education and to public work. Yeah. So it seems to be also okay. our our job, our ethical uh, calling to 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 make sure that the people feel safe with it, that so that they can stand up to what they are doing. So there's not this because there are vulnerabilities around this, very deep vulnerabilities around coming. And and, I, and I'm aware of those things, Michael. I I don't know, Carla. What would you say to that? I think it's it's a lot of people don't know what coaching is. I know we we met in on LinkedIn on a post. That's how we got connected on a post where coaching was really put down as a very, very negative, stupid thing, basically, just in short new words. And there was, I mean, this post got so many reactions and most of them were negative. But what I could read in there, they didn't know what they were talking about. They had no clue what it was and they had the experiences from people listening to people or maybe from themselves to have coaches who were not educated who were not connected uh, and so all that negativity and we are all tend to have more negative reactions to things than the positive ones you never hear the positive things almost never and we could see that i think there were like 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 a couple of hundreds reactions to that post and just uh, well i think it was maybe like 5% was about positive about coaching but then you could see these were people who knew what good coaching would be mm-hmm. that you would listen to the client that the client is is there to transform themselves to get their power back and and everything they need for that and to to educate people in that so we need more education overall since coaching is going to be bigger and bigger i mean corporate uh, private doesn't matter it's getting bigger and bigger so we need more education out there what is good coaching what does somebody need to have be able to do uh, what knowledge whatever to be a good coach mm. To be of value, huh? To 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 serve. There you to serve, go. To serve the people that we, that, yes. that trust us to 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 serve them. Yes. Uh, basically, yeah. Well, I would like to c- come to this um the, to the idea of ethics, uh, Carla, a little bit. I think there was in 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 one of the parts, the third part. I'm not sure why I'm going to the third part today. I'm skipping part <laughs> one and part two all the time. I'm coming to like we're getting to that third part, Carla. Why are we doing this? That's okay. <laughs> and and I and I don't have to go there if you don't want to gear. No, to that's okay. There. I love I did love the third part. So I I, I was a lot connected. The second part was more about organization organizational, and I'm not a, an organization coach. So I love the third part. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you're happy to go that place and uh, yes. to explore that and and talk about ethics. Um, when you were watching the ethics part, there was a bit about uh, talking what how important ethics is and what what is your take on this? How ethical do you see or what's the point of, of ethics in, in coaching at all? It's not being talked about a lot. yeah. And when it's only looking in, in dedicated circles, uh, as far as I'm aware of, what is your take on the light and the shadow side of around this, the, the, the issue of ethics in coaching? 
Well, I think for me, uh, and, and I was glad it was touched in there too, we have different values as people. We have different values as uh, uh, as a country. I mean, I lived in the States and, and for a couple of years and, and they think and, and act different. And there's nothing wrong. It's all okay. It's just different. And for me, ethics goes with that. When I when I did a world travel, and, and that always struck me, and that's how I connected that to coaching as well, is uh, I knew I was going to Nepal. And in the Netherlands, if there was a small child and we would pat him on the head, it would be like, hey, you're doing okay. It's great. In Nepal, never do that. Don't do that. You're really putting somebody really low if you do that. Mm-hmm. That's ethics, knowing, for me then, knowing where another person stands, how are they raised? In what culture are they raised? When I I have given, I, I te- uh, did teach um, physician assistants for a long time. And we had one time a lady that came from another culture that we look at people when we talk to them, we look in their eyes, in their culture, you never look in their eyes. You look to the side. Here, we think like, oh, you're not really a nice person if you do that, if you don't watch my eyes, my face. So not knowing about other cultures, about how are they raised, what are their standards, then as a coach, you should know that. Mm. Or at least ask, like, hey, ask clarification. If you see something um, that's different from what you know, ask how is that in your culture or or where does it come from that you do this or that if we don't do that we're not ethical yeah so there is this this cultural element to this the knowledge is i picked up this thing you 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 need to know these things so there is an, an obligation to to be informed and to to inform ourselves to educate ourselves around what is the other person's world how does it what makes it tick sort of Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm working now with with people in the USA and coming from Holland here in Holland, we are very straightforward. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you. You recognize it, I guess. <laughs> and doing that in the United States is not really the way we do that here. We used to it here. That's not really a thing over there. In Holland, we are very down to earth, like over enthusiasm. It's not our thing. In the United States, it's their thing. It's normal for them. So working with them, I, I was glad I lived there for a couple of years and I got to know those things. So as a coach, you you need to know that. You need to know how to approach somebody so it's up to their way of living. It's their standards. It's their where they feel safe with. I mean, if I would just like bang, like like we did it here and, and, and give my whatever I think, like straight that way, I would hurt them. I would hurt their feelings. Mm. So we cannot do that. Yeah. That's not ethical. Mm. So you need to know who is in front of you, at least, and, and go with your intuition, connect with your heart, where her, go for your intuition so you can be ethical. Michael, what is the, what is the listening to... To, to Carla and, and her examples, I was thinking of you because, you know, we are coaches and we are coming. This is a totally different perspective that we are taking a look at ethics. When you come in as a client, is what would you be 
what would be unethical for you as a client uh, when you'd look at a coach? I think it's like every relationship you have, you want there's a certain level of trust and for that trust not to be broken or misuse the information you're disclosing in this relationship. So I think that's one of the biggest fears as a client and ethical mishap that if you have to take care of the trust in this relationship. Mm, yeah, so that's that. something that is important for you, this how the, the coach is handling the trust that you are putting in, in him or her. Yeah, yeah, because I think that this relationship for coaching, a very big basis is the trust. Without trusting, I don't think positive result can come out of the coaching. Mm. And, and, and that, that I don't know about you, but we in our world, we say the client cannot open up. Mm. Say that. <laughs> We would say, I don't know, you didn't say that. So I'm saying I'm, I'm owning it, what I'm saying here, Michael. I'm not putting it into you, yeah? I'm really owning that. This is, and and we, we, it's such an automatism. So feeling safe. Actually, the trust is also broken down to, the, to this feeling safe with someone. And then if I feel safe, I can trust you. If I can trust you, I can work with you sort of thing. But it's easier said than done. And then uh, how how this is being handled as a, as a gam, as a in its precious nature okay i'm hearing you it's i would like to bring in an example and then um i'm also going to watch the time to see uh that we are not overrunning <laughs> it was very interesting that i i'm noticing because i'm i i'm interested a lot in ethics and it's not a coincidence that we brought up the topic of ethics because for example when we look at the uh, the um, uh, professional bodies and their websites what they are the code of ethics. So everybody has got a code of ethics. Yeah. But when you look at those code of ethics, it's a very abstract piece of writing, a piece of idea. Uh, it's a cloud, you know, it's something like a cloud, like be careful sort of thing. I mean, I'm probably too much uh, simplifying it, but it's, 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 it feels like as if it were some cloud. And, but when I work with, with coaches um, um, as a supervisor, and I, I'm noticing that there is no, no sense making of what is ethical and what not really. So coaches are doing stuff that they believe is ethical when it's absolutely unethical. And I'll give you an example. Um, so a coach was um, having an intake call and with a CEO, actually, an intake call. And after the intake call, the, and it was, it was, it was free of charge. Okay. And after the um, intake call, a few weeks later, the CEO decided to not go for that coach and do coaching with that coach. Uh, following which the coach invoiced the CEO for the intake call. And this escalated to a professional coaching organization because the client didn't want to pay the intake call because it was not contracted and what the coach did was just remained static about the, uh, her point of view insisting that the intake call ought to be paid so it needed litigation and it needed and and the, and the coach was actually punished and it was excluded from and lost the certification because this and wasn't even aware that it would be unethical in her view she thought that the intake call should be paid but she didn't do the right contracting around this. So that's why the professional coaching body ruled that she was wrong, but she wasn't aware of this. 
So yeah. coming back, Carla, to the education bit, how are what what is this education that we are getting in coaching? It's on one hand so beautiful because we get we get skills and we get taught in skills and I don't know what and principles, but on the other hand, there is a lot missing. Yeah, but besides that, what I hear also is that that's also cultural. Because what's normal in one country ah. or in, in maybe in within one country, I mean, uh, if I would go here, Amsterdam or a small village, they have different standards and they go around with, with everything in a different way. So it might be at one place normal to pay for an intake and another place totally not. And that's why it's so important to just have it written down and talk about it. Yeah. And and maybe even record it. I don't know. But that is really what I encounter a lot. What's normal for you is is not normal for another person. And to be aware of this, to to, to be aware of this, that it's don't take things for granted, sort of, right? Yes, definitely. And that's what we do a lot. And we, we talk about me. I mean, how many times was said in the documentary, it's about me, me, me for a lot of people. So if I talk only about me, that's where these mistakes are made easily. And coaching is not about me. It's about the other person. And it's they about are your client. And their system and their culture and their, yeah. their world, actually, as yeah. we interact with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, go to Japan and you have to do things in a completely different way than when you would go to Australia. It's it's ethics, it's it's culture, it, there are so many influences. So besides that we need like a global uh, ruling, it's also that has to be navigated to a country's ruling, what is normal in that country, and then make that like official. And then... Everybody who has the right education with that, they know that. And so we, we can make a lot less mistakes yeah. and a lot less of hassle because a situation like you just described, two people are basically a sort of victim here mm. because there was miscommunication, misunderstanding, uh, a lot going on. Yeah. And I'm also hearing like there are different layers of culture. There's a microculture, the client's culture. Then there's the coach's culture. Then there is the meso culture, the organizational culture. And then we have got the yeah. macro culture, the, the national culture. And then there is, I don't know, the, the whole universe probably that's also in itself. <laughs> yeah. How it's <laughs> turned, the, the globe is turning around, turning <laughs> on its axis, around its axis. So there is really complexity in this, right? Uh, what I'm hearing is oh, yep, you're referring definitely. to this. There's really many, many layers of culture happening, and I'm hearing and all the language barriers as well. Because what what is the word that that is clear to me may have a different significance for you. Um, yep, because we hear everything from our beliefs and our way of thinking and our experiences, and you may mean this, and I can hear that. Yeah. Even here, right? The Dutch and the, and and from Austrian with Hungarian background and I don't know and Michael, <laughs> so it's uh, different languages speaking, uh, cultural yeah, but, cultural languages and language culture speaking. Yeah, but also just I mean, if I would have a client, a Dutch client here in front of me, there it can be different because what I'm I'm coming from a different background than they are. Yeah. So words can have a different meaning. So as a coach, we need to listen really well and, and be aware that other people 
might think another way and that we are open for that and that we search inside and and look and listen to the to the client like what is going on there instead of just watching from our point of view also in the documentary i think a lot of different people from different cultures are featured and have uh, quite different ideas was there one part which was really strange to you or which you had to disagree with what was said? I I cannot find a part that I disagree. Mm-hmm. I only was surprised how many times I felt like, yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad they say that. Yeah. That's how I live, how I look at it. (laughs) So I was really surprised with that. No, I can't say, not what I can just grab now that there was something I disagreed with, no. Mm. And is there something that we might have added? Because, you know, I, it was just, I'm just myself and I'm also limited in what I'm aware of Um, and in how I was picking and choosing the, the topics and the people. And, and even when we were having the interviews, to be honest, I didn't know what I would be speaking about. I was just coming into, I just knew that, okay, I would like to speak to XY, uh, to Jeff Hall or to Professor David Clutterbuck or Claire Patrick. I just wanted to, to, to have those people in the room. But I didn't know what I would be speaking about. And sometimes the dialogues were an hour, sometimes one and a half hours, sometimes two hours. We even had two hour sessions. And it's it's interesting that with within this limitation that I was having, I, I wasn't aware. I, I I was sometimes, you know, in this, am I potentially leaving something out? What is it that we still need to know and 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 put on the table here as well? So, and being aware of that limitation that I'm bringing here in through my humanity, is there something that you, from your humanity, would have liked to be seen represented that we can discuss shortly or some a point of view that... Well, actually, I did that already with you because I, I did have two topics that I did miss out. That was the cultural thing and that was the transfers and countertransfers. Yeah. So I brought okay. that in already. <laughs> <laughs> I really had in my mind, I want to bring that, those, those topics in here because I did miss those in the documentary. Yes. Ah, okay. So, so I'm glad yeah. that we, we somehow, we, we came to that to give it space and time. Yep. Okay. I'm glad to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would love to hear, uh, I mean, you're going to do a lot more podcasting and um, I would love to hear more views from people around those two uh, topics. Around those so I don't know. Yeah, about how do they think about transferring, what do they encounter in that and with cultural aspects yeah. and differences. Well, hopefully I'm not sounding too arrogant, but there might be even coaches who are not familiar with those terms, yeah? So oh, just- I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. I, I meet a lot of those people when I say those words, they go like, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> so... so- so it is great that we are picking it up because it's 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 always there. It's it's there in it's it's such a precious uh, a theme that you brought up because it is a micro level uh, dialogue, but it's it's actually creating macro level um, impact. Uh, yes, definitely. Because because it's always there. It's always yep. potential potential. Let's put it like this way to be cautious. It's it's can be potentially there, uh, and and where is the awareness around this? Because it can make and break the coaching result 
definitely and but also can make or break a person and make they and can break make, I, I, I've, I've really really talked to people who had well you cannot call it the, the big trauma but yeah i still would say like a sort of trauma from that yeah absolutely yeah super dear carla why would you inspire the people? So on, on the basis of what would you call the people to, hey, come on, guys, watch this documentary. What is it in for you that you believe why people should, should not so what, what's in for you, but what was in for you when you watched it that you would like to pass on to them as an inspiration to watch it? Well, I think it, for me, it was, I would even think so much more deeper on several topics. I mean, there are so many topics that are there in the documentary. I, I did learn a lot from that. And I think as coach, you're never ended with learning, with educate yourself more to get more here, more insights. Uh, I did hear things that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, it's like, oh, wow, or that they were so important or uh, levels in that. So there's so much to learn, but also to get inspired. There's really, it, it's a huge inspiration to work even in a in a nicer, better, more connected way with the clients. Yeah. It's also for, for me... Like you say, inspire, but why should we be inspired? What's the value in being inspired, Carla? Yeah, I think there's a huge value because that does so much with energy and with motivation. If I get inspired on certain levels, I am a lot more motivated mm -hmm. to change something or do something or learn something more. Inspiration. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people say like, oh gosh, you inspired me so much. I'm going to go. And they go into action. And so what's what, what can be better than that? Mm -hmm. Inspire people. And and your documentary is really inspiring on, on different levels, on different topics. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we learn more and I was even more happy to be a coach. <laughs> so <laughs> I was already happy, but it really made me even more, well, again, there's that word, proud yeah. to be a coach and be able to, yeah, to to uh, uh, help people find themselves again and mm. start living themselves again. Mm. So Thank you very definitely much. go watch it. Besides the fact that you're also, this is also helping your people, your women in Kenya. Mm. So, Michael, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Well, I wanted to say thank you for coming on and uh, bringing some of the topics we missed in the documentary oh, to yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Glad I did that. And Michael, don't close it for me, please. Let, I wanted to ask you a question about inspiration. Okay. What is it, before we close this, is how... How do you, why do you, do you feel inspired by coaching? And if, if so, what would that be that do you in any way feel like, because we're talking as coaches, like inspiration, you know, for, for us, it's our, our currency, right? <laughs> and, and Carla was beautifully saying like, why there is value in inspiration. And do you feel inspired by coaching in any way or by your coach or? I would say, uh, yes, definitely. But I wouldn't word it as inspiration. I would say motivation, to be honest. Because often we kind of know, as Carla said, we know much about ourselves, 
about our body or our situation. And in many cases, you need a certain force to nudge you or give you the motivation and reflection to implement, as Carla has said. Mm. Like that. I yeah. like that yeah. to implement. And also, it's like when it makes sense, like as motivation for you, we are using our jargon in coaching, like inspiration. So, but it's it's also interesting because clients always use a different language to describe some phenomenon that we are so so in love with when we talk yeah. it's, it's so fascinating so it was so enriching Michael thank you so so much for bringing in your world and allowing me to ask you about this uh, to to disclose and share something about your experience about coaching thank you so so much to both of you yeah and I want to thank Michael too because you inspired me again to uh yeah to even think more about certain things so with the words you used and oh. tuna it, really... it was a pleasure yeah <laughs> I, I i can imagine i saw that so really really nice and tuna i want to thank you so much for this this great talk that we had and uh yeah i feel lifted up absolutely it's it went so deep i was so i felt calmer and calmer when it's, it's also so different to, to to the first time it's it was so deep and and calm for me soothing and calming how and it's so beautiful to listen to your voice to be honest Thank you. Uh, i can i can literally hear your heart beat at this point one hertz like that you that you, uh, that you were saying <laughs> so beautiful and free uh, this frequency to listen to um so thank you very much for taking your time and and investing and in, and and being a donor and supporting this and it's it's great to see that you want to give a million people the, the, the opportunity to discover their voices in their heart. Thank you so much. And I will keep going with that. Cool. So now that we are on top of our time, um, dear listeners, if you're interested in getting instant access to the documentary, please go to www.coachingdocu.com. And if you have comments or questions and how you can be part of this initiative, drop us a line at podcast at coachingdocu.com. This is the light and the shadow of coaching in and beyond organizations production, a documentary that was made to fund social impact through coaching for women in Kenya. And this is my guest, uh, Carla Janssen von Rosendahl. And you can reach Carla at... Well, Zip make it, make it in life-mindcreation.com. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so much. So feel free to ask questions and leave your comments with her. And stay tuned. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.